Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 79 of the eavesdrop. I'm sorry. <clears throat> of the award-winning <laughs> eavesdrop podcast uh, brought to you this week by ExpressVPN and BetterHelp. And I'll let you know a little bit more about them as the conversation progresses. Today we have uh, Optic Roger in the building. Uh, he didn't start out, start out as Optic Roger. He was mm -mm. TK Raj and then Elevate Raj or Elevate Raj? So Elevate, and then when I went full-time, was TK Raj, and then left that, and then after a couple months when I started working at Infinite, and then eventually Optic Raj. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Lo lo your loyalty got to me, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, that dude little by little. It. He we, needs to be there. I played my cards right. You did, you did, out. you did. Um, anyway, thank you for joining me. I wanted to, to have uh, this this uh, this conversation, because a lot of people know you, they just don't know mm -hmm. your background, and yeah. I want to know your background, because mm -hmm. you didn't go to traditional film school or no. any of that, right? Not at all. No, I didn't even pick up a camera until I was already in college, like a year, two years into college? Yeah. So, yeah, I was two years into community college, and um, competing just wasn't working out, and- What do you mean competing? So I, I I competed for a long time in COD, like trying trying to make it through. So you played Call of Duty school. and you were playing. So you were yeah. Like, yeah I was game far, battles. I was, I was going to events. I was doing game uh -uh. battles, everything, and it just it never worked out. And are uh, you good at Call of Duty? I was good at Call of Duty. Matt gives me shit about it now. Are you bro. better? Are you better than me? <laughs> yes, I'm better than you. Everybody says that because <laughs> everybody is. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But that really wasn't working out, and I really liked editing and film. But how? And how? What you, do you mean? If, if people, people see art, and they like it. Yeah. Right? They're like, oh, I love the drawing on there. I like the colors. I like the structure mm -hmm. of the shapes. I like this, that, and the other. But they don't go home and yeah. start, you know, grab a pencil, mm -hmm. go by and start drawing. A lot of people just look at something that they like, and they never pursue yeah. that one thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the secrets to life, if people don't know this, and I hate to get this deep into it right now, but it sparked <laughs> my thing because mm -hmm. it's... It's a thing that I that I, when you said that it's, I'm like, a lot of people see things that they like, yeah. that they enjoy, mm -hmm. and they never say, "Hey, maybe I could do that for a living yeah, yeah, yeah. and be way happier than I am right now doing the shit that I don't like." Why don't I get involved in something mm -hmm. like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, I don't know how I got into editing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. I mean, I guess it was like a, a thing that I had to do because mm -hmm. of whatever. But like when I saw graffiti, I saw it and I'm like, "Oh, I want to do that." I didn't mm -hmm. say I like that and then just let it be. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean you liked editing? So like I would edit like my own YouTube videos when I was like really younger and I would um, like edit like sniper montages and like little things like that. And I watched Machinima Respawn mm -hmm. all the way through. And one so thing that back, I back watched. In that, back yeah. in those, how old were you in 2010? 2010, I was 15. So at, fi at 15 years old. Yeah, yeah. So 2009, 2010, I was watching Machinima Respawn because that's actually how I like got into esports. So yeah. Started watching YouTube, and that's when I found like Hutch, Nanners, and and Sark, and I just loved the trio there. But like everyone, all my friends always wanted to be Sark or Nanners or Hutch and like be like the on camera talent. But I always thought it was really cool of what Hollywood was doing because yeah. he had he had his own YouTube channel. It's like Hollywood, uh, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so he was he had like a separate YouTube channel uh, where he would upload these videos called Real Moments with Respawn. Yeah. And not a lot of people would watch it, or at least near the beginning, it wasn't getting a whole uh, lot of views. They were getting like 200,000, which means? Not, not, not in the early days, though. Okay. So, um, 
And listen, I, you're talking to a Machinima yeah, premier director, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay? But like it First wasn't getting five. it wasn't getting the views that like the main channels were getting, like the hub shows and like the guy shooting the shit. And I always thought, wow, I would love to sit here and like film those videos and edit those because they were just so funny. And I was like, having talent like that to work with would be just Way so easy. much fun. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I know myself well enough that I'm not like the on camera, like super. Like I'm not gonna like someone's not gonna point a camera at me and I'm just gonna turn it on and and be that guy. I I it's just that's just not me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, when I was rotating out of being, uh, when I was rotating out of competing, I was like, well, what are like other areas in esports that I can still get involved? Like, look at whether it's partnerships or managing or videography. And that was one that like really stuck out to me because I liked watching documentaries when I was younger. And I loved esports, but I for I never like connected the two until I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? And I was like, you know what? I, I just need to get a camera and just start making shit, and that's eventually what started my path. And when the first time, like when you thought about getting a camera, what was like behind? Because again, as I just mentioned, a lot of people see the things that they want to do and they just don't ever really pursue it. Mm-hmm. Whether you're stuck on. On, on, on trying to compete and follow that passion or not mm-hmm. like it you know it's is, is very easy to identify whether or mm-hmm. not you you belong yeah. where, where you think you belong mm-hmm. uh, but then pivoting to what you want to do I've yeah. talked about it millions of times so when when you get the camera what in your head was like the first pieces of contents that you that, that you wanted to create so I wanted to make documentaries so when, while I was still competing uh, the first thing that I saw that I was like wow I, that's amazing I could do that vision was no fuck no was vision <laughs> Legends. No, that actually came later on was Legends. Or actually technically it was C9 Genesis. And then in the suggestive videos off to the side, there was TSM Legends. I was like, what's that? And I clicked on that. And I want to say it was season one or season two. So it was before Vision. And um I that it kind of just blew me away. I was like, what is this? I never knew that this could be a thing. And back then they were getting like two, three hundred thousand views. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could do that. Yeah. And I always thought about buying a camera, but I didn't. Like, I was a, a college student at the time. I was working at GameStop. Um, I just didn't have the money to go out and do it. And then eventually, I just said, Screw it. This is what I want to do with my life. And I maxed out a credit card, like full Casey Neistat, basically. And like maxed out. Were a you credit watching card. Casey at that like back no, then? No, I think that was before. Eh. I didn't know that that's what he did at the time. I was just like, I need this, and I'm going to do what I need to oh, get got it. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So yeah. I maxed out a $2,000 credit card, which was not smart at all. But, uh, I mean, eventually it paid off. And I had that. I bought the camera, started making my own videos. I actually was making kind of like what Jake Lucky does now and what yeah. Hitch was doing back in the day with Optic Intel. I was making videos where I had, like, a green screen, and I would sit there and, like, report on the news. Yeah. And... I did that, and I was doing it every other day for five months, and then Elevate eventually like saw it and was like, "Okay, hey, we want you, you to do your show on our channel," and then that's when I joined Elevate, and I pitched them. I was like, "Hey, Anaheim's coming up. I want to do. I want to go to the event. I lived in California, like 400 miles away. I'll drive down to the event. I'll shoot it. I'll I'll cut it up." And that was like the first documentary that I did, and it got like pretty well received. And our uh, uh, team got second against optic in the grand finals that was black ops three those those team elevate team elevate yeah so and then eventually they started being like hey we'll pay your flight we'll pay your hotel and then that i think orlando was the next event i did like a bunch of stuff over that over that summer like freelance work with 
whether it be G Fuel or like shooting like music concerts and a bunch of other stuff. And then just started like learning my trade. Yeah. There. And th- did you seek out most of your education on YouTube? Yeah. Uh, books? Com- completely self taught. So I had like kind of a basic editing knowledge from editing my own YouTube videos that were dog shit. But mm-hmm. I mean, I at least knew how to like maneuver around the programs and like do like simple cuts. And when I did my, my show, it was called The Kill Feed, where I would sit in front and like report on the news, I learned how to really edit efficiently, or yeah. at least at the time, efficiently, and just kind of just self-taught myself. And then when I wanted to learn like a special effect or anything like that, I would just YouTube it. I never took like a professional class or- No master's ha- class or- No, none of that. I never had like a mentor. Um, to be like, hey, like, how'd you do that? You know, or like, or even just a buddy that was like learning alongside with me. All my friends were like, they were like supportive, but also at the same time, they were like, ah, well, what are you gonna do with your life? Like, they didn't like fully believe that I can make this a thing until I moved away to TK, and they were like, oh my god, that's so amazing yeah. that you did it. So, so how do you? What What would you tell somebody that's aspiring to be that a photographer or somebody who's a photographer, a wedding photographer, for example? Mm-hmm. That would, it's like you know, weddings are cool and it pays mm-hmm. the bills, but I want to be in the passion that I'm in. What's the number one like advice that you give somebody like that? Because I get this question like nonstop. Uh, yesterday yeah. I got it like three times in, in the course of streaming, and for me it was like just uh, get in there somewhere and start networking. Yeah, I mean, definitely try and network as much as possible. For me, at the time when I was coming up, I was I just turned 21, so just going to events and then going to the bar after and like that's how I, you know, met and became friends with Matt and like all of our other photographer buddies. Is we would go to the event and then we would bump elbows, you know, shooting shooting optic back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I I would just sit there and like I was passionate about you know, what I was shooting on and what I was doing. So I'd be like, oh, what camera are you shooting on? That yeah. was like the icebreaker. Yeah. Oh, what are you shooting on? Do oh, you come here often? Yeah, but it's, it, it's yeah, a camera. Kinda, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, you just start shooting the shit with the guys. And then that night when everyone goes to the bar, you just go and be like, oh, let's grab a drink and talk. And you would just sit there and network. But as far as advice goes, I mean, you can always give out like the basic like, oh, just go out and do it. Or, you know, because you're just going to learn. But I mean... For me personally, I think understanding that opportunity costs something. So it's like there's always going to be someone out there who's going to be working to 100%, which means they're waking up at 4 in the morning, working, working, working. They're going to go to their job. Like there's only so much time you have in a day, and you need to commit as much time as you possibly can and find like a niche, like what you want to do and do everything you can to – fill that niche as much as possible because i feel like a lot of people are like oh i'm you know i'm i'm grinding to do my thing but are you are you really doing that like in the early days when i was doing it or when i was working i was going to school at the time and i don't mean to like gas myself but it's like i was going to school full-time i was working like full-time hours at gamestop and when i was editing my videos coming up i was only getting like two hours of sleep and then going to go hitting render on my video, falling asleep, waking up, uploading it, and then going off to class. Yeah. And then during my lunch break, I would take a nap in my car in the, the parking lot at my college and then go back to my other class, go to school after, come home, film the next video. So it's like you have to understand that there's always going to be someone out there that's just as hungry as you, and you, there's sacrifice that does come with getting your dream job. Yeah. And not a lot of people are willing to do that, and that's fine. But understand that the payoff 
only, in my opinion, only comes if you're truly making that sacrifice and putting the work in. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's uh, that that I don't know how that's like the toughest thing for people to understand. So the 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 people that's like, well, it's not fair. He's got a better camera than me, or it's not fair. He yeah. got a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like that to me has always been like the biggest cop out ever mm-hmm. because I'm like, he could have said the same thing. The person that you're talking about right now, yeah, you don't know how what he sacrificed to get that camera. Yeah. That's better than yours. Mm-hmm. You don't know what sort of networking events or or mm-hmm. how much money he spent on a flight to go network exactly. to be in a position to put himself in the position that he's in. You don't know any of that, and you're just making these assumptions. So, like, well, if I had a better camera, like that would be the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I always used to to uh, to reference uh, somebody who said like uh, at the time when I was vlogging daily, like truly mm-hmm. daily vlogging. Uh, people would say, it's like, well, he's got a better camera. And, and they said a bunch of shit like this to, to Casey mm-hmm. Neistat, too. But then you had somebody like like uh, like Tom Syndicate who filmed all of his vlogs on his iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And still got the same sort of sort of things. But yeah. they didn't see, like, all the hours that came before mm-hmm. that on, uh, on on his craft to, to become yeah. who he is. How many hours did you spend, right, trying to learn, like, uh, effects, trying to learn, like, uh, transitions? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those are the, these are mm-hmm. free tutorials on YouTube mm-hmm. that you don't need to spend... If you want to go to film school, by all means, please do. There is definitely a path that you can follow if you go to film yeah. school. Easier to get into Hollywood, easier to get into that. Mm-hmm. Because it only it's like one in a million, probably one in 10 million, probably one in 20 million that is going to be a Casey Neistat, which obviously had the tradition. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the traditional learning, but had the opportunity to work at HBO, work in this, that, and the other for you to mm-hmm. do like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, as t- tell me how you entered into esports. Uh, I mean, obviously you went to college and you were doing your mm-hmm. your own shows because of passion of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. But how did you get and land your first job at like uh, Elevate? Yeah. So um, the show that I was doing, the Kill Feed, which was again the, like the new show, um, I knew someone on the inside of Elevate, and I was like, Hey, would you guys ever think about doing something like this for your show? And we could, you know, you guys could add like a sponsor to it, and we could be making revenue yeah. that way. And they were like totally on board. I joined Elevate and did that show for a couple months. But then I started really wanting to focus on documentaries. And I think this was around the time that Vision was about to start. It was like later that year. So that was April, May of that year that I joined Elevate. I don't think Vision came around until the end of the year. Because I think that's when you guys moved into the house. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Well, it was Vision so started like the day that we moved into 6050. I I recorded and I was gonna edit. I had a uh, <clears throat> so I recorded all of us moving into sixty fifty. Mm-hmm. So I recorded pe- everybody uh, picking their their rooms. Uh, I recorded a a weekly confessional, sort of sitting down mm-hmm. with Merck and all of them. And they sat down. What they happened said, to that? Uh, I was the one recording it. Uh-oh. So first, there was no audio as we were walking and picking the rooms because at the time you had to turn on the microphone at the top of your camera, Oh. and I didn't. So <laughs> like an hour hour's worth of footage was there. Second, when I did the confessionals and all the – I sat Merck and Nate and Big Timer and, mm-hmm. and Scump. I sat them down the first week to tell me how the first week went, et cetera, et cetera. I saved it some in some Dropbox, and then it disappeared for fucking ever. And I oh, don't. Wow. I, I I can find it if I really put my heart and soul into it. I can mm-hmm. find those things. Mm-hmm. I have a time machine. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember the you Apple. You have like t- an X Files thing, don't you? I do. Yeah, I yeah. do. But I have a time machine and a, a an Apple time machine. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's mm-hmm. essentially a router with like a terabyte of memory in there, mm-hmm. and it backs up your memory. And it backs mm-hmm. up your memory. I don't know. And if there's any Apple specialists that watch this, please reach out to Matt. On Twitter at emattcraig.com or what the fuck is this shit is, and 
<laughs> and and tell them that you can figure this out for me because I I remember the I don't remember the Apple ID mm-hmm. that it was under, so I can't get into it. Mm-hmm. And I can't take it to Apple and be like, hey, this is mine, I swear to God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's really no proof. Yeah, because no I, you know, At the time, I had a Yahoo email when I had my iTunes, like my first mm-hmm. iTunes account, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Down the line, I have this thing where mm-hmm. I have all of the original. I filmed every single 1v1 in, you know, that, that, that put us on the map. Mm-hmm. So I have a 1v1 between uh, Corrosive, mm-hmm. shout out to my brother Michael, uh, Corrosive versus VGI Dynamite. I don't know if you guys remember no, that no. guy. Or um, that was six, six, six Sins. All right, shout out to Six Sins, yeah. too. All the top-notch, well, not all of them, just the the, the, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he, he you know, 1v1 them mm-hmm. on shipment. And at the time, VGI Dynamite was one of the trick shotters that was mm-hmm. going around. And Corrosive got on the car in the back left, on the, on the yellow car in the back left mm-hmm. corner. Uh, and he did a 360 to end the to end the. It was fucking oh, disgusting, y'all. Sick, like, it, and, and then they were like, optic. Yeah, you know he's what I mean? in, Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have all of this footage, and I think that that's where that 6050 footage is from the X Files. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of X Files footage, uh, 6050 footage in the X Files. Mm-hmm. I just don't have those confessionals at the time. And Damn. anyway, so Vision started way back when, mm-hmm. but very quickly I'm like, I'm not that guy, and I can't afford to pay. Like we were just starting, I didn't yeah. know. I, I barely knew how to pay for that house. I mean, knowing what I know now, like mm-hmm. fuck, man, it's it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Get a sponsor to pay for everything. Yeah, you know that's that's your your main investor doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that takes equity in your company. In, in instead, your main investor is always going to be someone like a sponsor mm-hmm. that is going to in exchange for your work going to fund your company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for the, the hex quarters, like I self-funded that, but if I sold if I went out and sold uh the Turtle Beach hex quarters, mm-hmm. Turtle Beach would pay the rent for this thing and like the, you know what I mean? I would build well, That's how it was with like the CS team, like yeah. picking up Turtle Beach. Wasn't that like a thing that yeah. bringing Turtle Beach on, on like paid for the CS roster? Yes. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went with uh we were with Astro uh, mm-hmm. Gaming, uh, shout out to them. Uh, not too big of a shout out. I mean, shout out Turtle Beach. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> you know, Astro, Astro was like our, our first sponsor. But at the, at the time, you know, they they didn't really pay that much. Mm-hmm. And when Turtle Beach came to the table, and I started out Turtle Beach, right? Like I have mm-hmm. my first Turtle Beaches right there. Like mm-hmm. that's my that was my first uh, gaming headset. When when Turtle Beach came to the table, and I saw you know what we we offered like a bunch of content in exchange for like this fucking insane amount mm-hmm. right like fucking like a lot okay like yeah it was our first like million dollar you know deal. plus yeah. deal um this was back in 2016 or whatever mm-hmm. 2016 2015 doesn't matter but i saw that and i'm like okay we can expand like right away right mm-hmm. so that funded that thing mm-hmm. uh and, and that's that's like the majority of uh of of, of the way that we've ran business like mm-hmm. this business is like we will do this in exchange for that and that's how we fund the fun that we're having in this yeah. thing because as much as it was a business like i didn't see it as that like yeah there was money coming in i, I, I was seeing what nature was making i was seeing what scump was making i was seeing what everybody was making and i'm like i'm like yeah there's a business there but like you know, we're having too much fun to call it that. Yeah. So, anyway, but um, fuck, where were we? Oh you, my, yeah, how I got how, my first job yeah, into elevator. Or so um, so you, you pitched on the show. Yeah, I pitched on the sell show. Sell sponsorships against it. Yeah, we we, I got brought on, so I was in elevate. 
I was there until the end of the year, and I was doing a bunch of freelance stuff on the side as well. With what's all, what's with freelance and what sort of freelance work were you so doing? So like, uh, for, so G Fuel sponsored Logic, one of my favorite rappers at the time. Yeah. And uh, he had a tour with G Easy, and they they were coming to my my local event, and I was like, Yo, Skyler, this is back when he worked there. I was like, Yo, give me give me press passes. Skyler Johnson. Yeah, yeah Skyler Johnson. Uh, give me press passes to this and I'll, I'll like shoot because I, I just wanted to go and shoot as much as I possibly could yeah so I did it completely free I was like just send me a bunch of product and stuff and I'll set it up and shoot it and we shot a, a little commercial did really well um and just like little things like that I, I did a, a project with G2 at one point later in the year and then at Vegas that year I'm sorry where uh C CDL no what'd you say CDL what what, what did you say what city G2 no what city did you say oh Vegas huh Vegas Vegas? Are you saying Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Am so I saying that weird? You're saying Vegas, like Sony Vegas. Vega. No, okay. So Vegas. Um, <laughs> All right, just go ahead. <laughs> but uh, at an event, I was shooting Envy, and that's when I met Justin for the first time. Me and Justin... him, Kozdoff. So me and him oh, were okay, kind of yeah, 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 talking back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I met him there at the event. We hung out. It, it, it worked out. And then in January, I, I quit Elevate. And then in January of 2017, yeah, 17, uh, I moved into the TK house. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How was that was, experience? It was interesting. Looking back now, I'm way more positive about it. At first, when I first left, I was pretty cynical about how things had kind of gone down just with just kind of how... I don't want to dive too deep into it because it's really it really doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. But um, like, uh, shout out Justin. He really did give me like my first full time job, and, and he gave me a platform. Like when I joined the house, I had like a thousand fifteen hundred followers, and then when I left the house, I had like twenty four thousand. So it was like he gave me this platform. I was there for like ten months, and we did get to create a lot of really cool stuff. I just feel like the stuff that. He, he wanted for the channel and the stuff that I thought was going to work for the channel were just two completely different things. Yeah. And because of the way the house worked, um, <clears throat> it was just kind of difficult for me, especially it being my first job. I didn't go out and take the opportunity like I should have. And like I had done up to that point, because when I moved into the house, this is my first like real boss. Real, and I lived with him. I didn't know anybody else in the house. I lived with nine other people, and I was like the grunt that lived in the how, closet. How big was the house? It was a big house, but since we had so many people, two of us didn't have bedrooms. I slept in like the in like the basement corner without a door, and it was connected to an unfinished part of the house where like bugs and shit would crawl into my room. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, and and at the time, like, I only had like two hundred, three hundred bucks in my bank account, so it's not like I had an air mattress and. Uh, like there's a photo of me where I literally had monitors on the ground without stands and my laptop with my keyboard plugged into it. And I was editing off of the ground, like literally sitting like crisscross on the ground, like editing. Have you heard of videos. milk crates? <laughs> Bro, like I was, <laughs> I was like, I didn't have uh, a car or anything like that. I was uh. just kind of off on my own. Like, yeah, I probably could have done something. And eventually I did get like a Walmart table, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it was like very bare bones. And I was just so intimidated by that situation yeah. that I kind of just, I didn't respond as well as I should have. Yeah. But luckily I learned from that and then going into the next opportunity. Walmart tables, by the way, what you're talking about is those, yeah. those long six foot foldable, yeah. the like tan hard, yeah, hard yeah. as hell, like yeah. plastic or whatever they are. Mm -hmm. We, like to this day, those are some of my favorite tables to, to play 
on. And really? the reason the reason that we have dining room tables on this mm -hmm. in this in every single corner of this hex quarters mm -hmm. is and the reason that my, all of my gaming setups at home are on dining room tables mm -hmm. are because of those tables. You can just put so much on it that you are literally comfortable enough to do just about anything. Mm -hmm. And for somebody like me who's an, you know who draws and doodles yeah. every single chance that that he gets, like that worked perfectly for me. And I mm -hmm. said I'm never going to have a gaming setup that is not on a like I, I like desks, fine, whatever, like uh, the the raisy uppies and the downy downies whatever. Mm -hmm. Not, not for me. I, I, I need a, I need a, I need a, a, a dining room table that's big enough for. I drill holes in these things, and it's like they're perfect, dude. It's just my shit. It's my see, style. My only thing is, I don't like how deep they are. Yeah, well, that's it, the only thing I don't like. See, you because you don't know. Like, look behind behind this line right here. Mm -hmm. You can put PlayStation uh, laps or uh, PlayStation, your computer, whatever, mm -hmm. and then you can have and monitors on that side, and you can still have like all this room to do activities, man. That's why. Okay. That's why I like how deep they are. Everyone has their own preference. Yeah, my preference is the one that everyone's preference should be, just simply <laughs> because it's like the most logical. Like it's just so much. I mean, if you live in a smaller room, obviously that that doesn't apply. Yeah. But if you have the room, don't get a regular desk or mm -hmm. an L desk or any of that. Get one of yeah. these bad boys, man. They're fucking fire. Anyway, there was no no point in during those TK days that you were like, "Yo, Cosdy, give me a fucking table, my dude." But see, the thing is, I I, I was too intimidated, and that that's where I fucked up like I, I should have been way more vocal about how i want to do things and what i needed mm -hmm. and what i wanted to do for content and i kind of just was i just kind of crumbled under the pressure and it didn't really work out and uh it got to a point where i was really unhappy and uh and i got along with all the guys like me like sharp and gone and chaos and crispy like we would hang out in the basement so i like got along with the guys it just it it never, I never really like clicked there. And I, I recognized that and I was getting unhappy. And at this point I had talked to, or I had like a dinner meeting with like you and Hitch and at World of Beer at Champs, like mm -hmm. way, way back. Um, Champs, World of Beer. It was right after you guys announced, you probably don't even remember this. So you guys had just announced the investment from Infinite. Ah. And it was the cdl or the champs last chance qualifier for tk and oh, you guys were there oh, and hitch invited said, me to come hang you out you with said you guys. champs and i'm like champs yeah. in fucking ohio yeah. okay now i get it all right go but on. you hitch had invited me to come and hang out and eat with you guys and i remember you and jay and, uh, and like a bunch of pro players were there and we were just sitting there kind of talking you guys were kind of picking my brain about content what i thought hmm and you probably don't remember Me? any of this. I was picking your brain? Yeah, you probably I don't, don't pick remember anybody's brain. any of this. But, it was probably Hitch. Um, I mean, it was mostly Hitch. Was, Hitch. Hitch was a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> he was always like, dude, we need to, we need, we need, yeah. we need Roger. Well, he tried picking me up before even I went to TK. And but you were like, nah, like, that's not happening. Say, we're not pay, we're not paying no more, man. Let's, let's, <laughs> we we, we got we unfortunately we have a business to run. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, but he was always like showing me like I, I was just, he's like, look at this fucking walkout and everything was a slow motion. I'm just like, meh. But now I damn now, okay. I now, see how well, it is. The thing, the, the thing is, is like now I understand. Yeah. At the time, dude, I fucking didn't turn on my microphone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, up until that point, yeah. all I was editing was like fucking. Uh, do you know your best friend? Sort of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, now I get the the, the now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. Right. Um, but I was like, man. But yeah, he 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 was always like a, a big supporter of, of yeah. the work that you were doing. No, and he um out of like. I feel like I was like the only one that he really got along with in like the videographer community. Well, probably because you were the only one that wasn't fucking hating on the fact that my man got two, <laughs> get, that my man got yeah. two, that yeah. got two of these. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whew. 
That's what happens when you're an optic, baby. You win. One day. No, yeah, next year. (laughs) Next year, I guarantee you win this. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There's nothing. Listen, man, I'm a competitor. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, had kind of knew that there was an opportunity with me in an optic in the future, but I really just didn't want to stay at TK because I didn't want to waste Justin's time and money. I would rather leave and have him go grab someone else to yeah. do this stuff. So I remember I like sat him down at the dinner, the dining room table in the house. I was like, Hey man, like I got to get out of here. I got to, I'm gonna move to LA and go work for my friend Betty at her startup production company she was doing. And I moved in into I moved out of the TK house to go sleep on my friend's couch for like so an upgrade four months yeah, yeah yeah exactly an upgrade from the TK house there's no bugs <laughs> it's in the middle of the living room there's a TV bro there. I remember I would sleep on that couch and they had this dog Sona and he, I would wake up every single morning to that dog coming over and licking my face yeah he's trying to piss man yeah, yeah and I would just and the his owner uh one of their other roommates Wade would open like their back sliding classroom door and I would sit there and freeze my ass off every single morning. In LA. Yeah. Oh, it is cold. Yeah. In LA I mean, we were there. we were in Huntington, so it was like close to the beach. So you would get like the breeze. The yeah, exactly. And I would freeze my ass off and I would just sit there and be like, motherfucker, I'm fucking sitting here sleeping on a couch. But um uh, like probably a month after that is when Hitch hit me up and he's like, and he got my email and then Reed emailed me. And then that's how that whole relationship yeah. started. Yeah, so, yeah, and then I actually totally choked my first tryout for Optic, and I'm actually so glad you weren't there for that because I would have never gotten the job. If if you were there when I did my first tryout, I would have been. I, I would the, probably be living at home right now. What with my was parents. the tryout? So, uh, Reed was like, "Hey, so we're flying out to to do uh, over our BlizzCon for the Overwatch League." Um, and we're looking for someone to shoot it. Do you want to shoot it? I was like, yeah, sure. So it was him uh, and Jay flew out, and the whole team was there. And we had to shoot the announcement of PUBG to put in Vision, as well as, like, I had to film some Overwatch stuff and, and edit another video. And I filmed all of it. I'd go home, p- put my SD card in my computer, and my SD card completely corrupted. And I, I remember. Was like, I was like, holy shit. Like, the, I totally got cocked out of this job because my – shitty camera corrupted all my files and i like i didn't again i didn't have any money at the time so i i bought like a hundred dollars worth of like recovery software and i was just like i need to get this footage back and i got everything but the PUBG announcement back and then i remember texting reed like hey man can uh we reshoot this in the morning something happened to my camera and he was super nice about it and we refilmed the thing he's he is a super nice guy yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, and he was like yeah that's totally fine and then right after that day, he was like, yeah, so do you want a job, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. And that started my relationship with Infinite and Optic. Yeah, that so. uh, that PUBG announcement. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it, if it came out the way it did because you, you missed some of that or just the announcement itself was just so underwhelming that I was just like, Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what it looks like. Uh, I remember, I remember everything ever. that everybody was wearing in that announcement. Really? Everything. It was. It's that vivid in your memory. I. I. Yeah. Anything that happened in Vision, uh, and I haven't started watching it. Yet. I haven't watched. Uh, I would. I, I've only watched Vision when it went live. After that, mm-hmm. I never went back and watched the full episode of Vision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recently. I'm. I, I'm. I'm going to just so I can, you know, relive mm-hmm. and know where I'm going again. Yeah. You know what did I mean? Did you ever watch my visions, or did uh, you only yeah. watch Hitchens? No. What? I, I watched every single Vision ever, uh-huh. but only once. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched them since then. Like yet the other day when I put when I put episode one, season one of yeah, Vision, yeah. and I was like, it's only ten minutes long. I was yeah. surprised. Yeah. That's how detached from that 
uh, show I was mm-hmm. because it, as much as I like to hear myself talk, I don't like to see myself talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. hear myself talk. It's just yeah. it's bullshit. Um, uh, what is it called? Uh, bravado? Bravado? Yeah, it's no bravado, idea. right? Bravado? <sighs> anyway, I... Neither here or there. Anyway, I have to go back and watch them mm-hmm. uh, because of you know you know to sort of relive and and, and re mm-hmm. rethink everything. Um, neither here or there. So you messed up the the, the PUBG announcement. Yeah, it totally got shocked. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to that PUBG team though, man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all those dudes. I, I Valier, just, fucking. I was just Hedgehor, texting Hypoc this morning. Hypoc and yeah. uh, Seventeen. Mm-hmm. That was my team. Yeah, good team. Yeah, good team. Good people. Um, anyway, so you you're. You leave then, you join us. Yep. Did you expect to the did, did you expect <laughs> the unexpected? Uh no, like I I didn't really know anything was bad until I mean I joined in end of October and I didn't know anything was bad until January. Mm-hmm. Cuz by this time you and Hitch had flown out a couple times to see the LCS team and the Overwatch team. Falling out, what do you mean? No, you guys had flown out. Oh, flown to out. like yeah. Go to like the first weekend of LCS mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I remember asking Hitch. We were in the the player room at Riot, and he just looked stressed for some reason. I don't know why, or I didn't know why at the time. And I was sitting there, and I I I, I was friendly with Hitch, but I wouldn't say we were friends at that point. And I was like, "What's up, man? You look you look bummed." And he just went and kind of just like leaned back <laughs> against the wall. And I was like, "No, like." What's up? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. He was like, not trying to stress me out. Yeah. And um, it's either he was not trying to stress you out, or the reality, which is we just don't talk outside this family, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, true, true. Yeah. Um, and you weren't, but now you are. Yeah. Anyway, so go on. But um, he's just like, yeah, just just got a lot of stuff on my on my brain. I was like, oh, okay, whatever, man. And you know, it, it sucks about that. Like, I really wanted, I really, really wanted to be involved with uh, with the League of Legends team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I, I too watched uh, TSM Legends way mm-hmm. back when, and I don't know how I came across it, but every single time I watched it, Reggie Reginald was fucking oh, yeah. yelling at someone, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, ooh, hell yeah, Reggie, <laughs> get in there. So I was just like, like I, I didn't know anything about League of Legends. Yeah. I didn't know anything about TSM to be honest yeah. at that time, but I saw. A, another CEO who was sort of like me. A personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And any single time he was like telling somebody, he's like, and if you do this shit again, I'll kick you. I was like, damn. <laughs> like, I, would, that's sad. I wouldn't yeah. even fucking do that. Like, holy, uh, with the cameras on? Yeah, I would yeah. not do that. But that's, that's, I did, I did watch that shit. Yeah. Um, way back. I don't even know when it came out. The fact of the matter is, is like, I've been talking about a reality show for yeah. a very, very long time. And uh, it wasn't until Hitch came on that we were finally able to make that yeah. thing happen because I gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not that guy. <laughs> yeah. As much as I thought, and, and I wish I would have. I wish I would have. Uh, I wish I would have tried again. Tried to see what Vision would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't called Vision at the time. Obviously, it was called. It had to have been called Optic Something mm-hmm. because that's you know whatever. But I wish that I would have given myself more of a hard time to finish that project because mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen what it looked like for me to create a uh, a mini documentary. Yeah, for that, I'm actually curious what they would look like. Yeah, they would look incredible. Obviously, duh. And <laughs> more, more importantly, like what we had going on in those days, oh, man, amazing, man, yeah. uh, amazing. The the way that we were living. Um, Not only that, but like a documentary based around like Seth leaving the house after the huge fight with him and Nate and all that. Like seeing that unfold on a series would have been insane. Yeah, to see. Yeah, 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 and and then when I when I uh, when we shot when we shot Vision, you, know, mm-hmm. you when you shot Vision, when it, like seeing that in comparison to what it took to shoot 
the campaign that we did yeah. for for that. I'm like, man, we. I'm like, that's 19 people like to do one show for YouTube, yeah. nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was pretty pretty eye opening to see like what it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. It was it was. I think was, there's a happy medium there though. Like I don't think 19 people. That's well, it wasn't. Like, I'm, I'm, it was like 10, 11, or whatever. That's yeah. still eight too many in my opinion because it, you know. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. They had an audio guy. We don't have fucking audio. We have a microphone. Talk into the microphone. Tell the we story. Got <laughs> yeah. We got Matt. Yeah. Well, for vision I'm talking about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was it was good. I liked every single you shot Hitch's retirement from from Vision. Obviously yeah. him sitting on the chair. Uh I have that footage, but I have the side footage of, of my yeah. iPhone. I love that photo of me sitting there yeah. like holding the camera and he's sitting on the chair. Yeah. That's yeah. how I know that it, what I shot would have been that because I, I, I find those <laughs> angles, dude. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I sometimes overdo it. And sometimes it's it's always funny watching you try to get the angles because whenever we would go to an event, like the guys would be sitting there all sad and you'll just see Hex off to the side being like. Yeah. No, I, w- I wouldn't be like that. I'd be like literally like. Well, you're like trying to be like secret about it to get like the candid shot. So you'll be like. Yeah. It, 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 it I, one of the things that I told Maddie from the beginning, one of the things that I told not so every single time I, I worked mm-hmm. with him, I'm like, I don't want you to take pictures of us while we're posing. Yeah. You know, candid, fucking in the moment. Those are always going to be the best pictures, mm-hmm. period, end of story. Because when you post for something, there is this sort of uh, understanding from the camera to the cameraman to the people being taken, the, 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 the subject mm-hmm. uh, in the picture, that, they, that we're, we're capturing a moment. Mm-hmm. When you're capturing a moment that nobody knows you're capturing, there is a communication that happens, an understanding that happens when you're like, they were having a good time, mm-hmm. or they were talking about something serious, or mm-hmm. they were in the middle of fucking telling a joke. Yeah, you know that you don't get that 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 idea or image when mm-hmm. you pose for something, yeah. and that to me is like what makes. My style of photography, if you want to call what I, I don't do photography, but if the show, the shots that I take, yeah. I want to capture the actual moment without, you know, doing that, mm-hmm. which is why I thought that, you know, uh, last, uh, not last champs, but champs, uh, crossroads, crossroads was shot well because I knew, I knew that Hitch didn't want to shoot that, and yeah. I knew that Aaron didn't want to, and Aaron was the one that was like a little bit more nervous because. He hadn't been shooting, or mm-hmm. he had, but not as, like that. And he had a camera in front of these dudes in the toughest fucking yeah. moments, and that that is like what's what was powerful about that one episode. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the fact that everybody didn't want to be on camera, mm-hmm. but everybody knew that we had to do it because it's what we're here for. Yeah, which is you know something you do. And let me give a quick shout out to the sponsors yeah. before we proceed. This week's sponsor is Better Help. That's H E L P. Um, is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Okay. For example, me, right? I am going a thousand miles an hour the second that I wake up and the couple call it 10 to 20 minutes before I go to sleep. Uh, BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. As you guys know, it's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. Uh, it's professional counseling done securely online. Uh, the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as traditional therapy will have you do. Obviously, you know, stepping into an, an office and sitting down with other people who are there. Like a, a lot of people like me, for example, are, are not only private 
people, but also don't necessarily have the the courage to go out and and uh, and ask for help in situations like these. Right? It's more for affordable than uh, traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp uh, wants you to start living a happier life today. I'm going to give you two uh, instances in with uh, in which uh, BetterHelp has helped other people. I'm not going to give you their names. I'm just going to give you the testimonial. Uh, this person said, I really have enjoyed working with Emily. Emily is uh, one of the counselors there, and she is kind, understanding, and always willing to listen. She doesn't make you feel like you are a burden to her when you come to her with your issues, which is always great. I will enjoy working with her for the next couple of months. Uh, another one, this woman is pure gold, talking about Yvette Woodruff. Uh, this woman is pure gold. BetterHelp is lucky to have such a skilled professional on their team. She listens and gives great advice. She cares and it shows. I would highly recommend her. Now, the thing here is that it's, it's really easy for you to ask a friend for help. It's really easy for you to ask a parent or a relative for help or for advice. But it's really, really good to have an outsider's perspective, a professional that has seen cases like these, to help identify what the true not problem necessarily, but the issue at hand is. So it's always good to have a professional really ask the right questions for you to answer in a manner that will sort of jog your brain into realizing what has been bothering you. Um, if you visit betterhelp.com, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash H3CZ, hex, uh, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, uh, and join over 500,000 people taking care and taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional, you can go right now and get 10% off of your first month uh, by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash hex. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com forward slash H3CZ to get 10% off your first month. Uh, you should definitely do it, especially if you're going through things that maybe you feel, uh, you know, nobody understands. I can guarantee you that if you speak to them, you will have an opportunity to speak to somebody who has not only seen this happen in other individuals, but can definitely help you give the right advice or help be a, a nice soundboard for you to to bounce ideas off of or, or just have a, a, a conversation that would help you get there. So thank you so much for BetterHelp for sponsoring the podcast. Visit the, uh, the link in the description down below uh, to get better help. The second sponsor this week is ExpressVPN. Obviously, they've been coming here. I'm going to tell you the Mixwell story when he got his account hacked when he landed. But more importantly, for this, it's about shows. It's about Christmas shows because we're in the Christmas season, okay? This weekend, I used ExpressVPN to stream a, a Christmas classic, says this user. It was so simple. I just opened the application, hit the button to change my location, refresh Netflix, and that is it. Okay. What happens is ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can explore. Sometimes they take shows off of one particular region uh, just to, you know, take it off the shelf. So when they bring it back, you're more likely to see it because you've missed it or you haven't watched it or it's been something that just appeared that you watched once and they want to see it. Right. So ExpressVPN, uh, as I said, lets you control where you're, you're being, you know, scene that you're from so of course it's not just netflix right expressvpn will work on any streaming device including disney plus hulu bbc iplayer you name it there are hundreds of vpns out there but the reason that i and everybody here at the hex wars uses expressvpn to watch movies shows is because it's ridiculously fast there's never any buffering and you can always stream in high definition Okay, ExpressVPN works with all of your devices too, all right, including phones, tablets, media consoles, smart TVs, and uh, I mean, especially now, right, the PS5s, the Xboxes are out there. It works with them. So you can use it to watch whatever you want on the go or 
on the big screen. And if you visit my special link right now, that's expressvpn.com slash hex, H3ZZ, hex with the three, uh, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for absolutely free. Support the show, watch the shows that you want, and get your holiday fix at expressvpn.com slash hex. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com forward slash H3ZZ to get the extra three months for absolutely free. Shout out to them again for uh, sponsoring the podcast. Uh, they're, 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 very, they're regular around these here parts, Roger. Let's get back to where we were. All right. Anyway, so huge shout out to uh, both of the sponsors. I appreciate them coming uh, back. I think uh, obviously BetterHelp and and, uh, and ExpressVPN being such a good sponsor of the of the podcast. Appreciate it. Um, all right. So let's fast forward a bit to where we we are at today. Mm-hmm. Right. You you leave Optic essentially mm-hmm. during the sale. Was it the, during the sale? I of- never left Optic. Okay. I, I I was always in Optic. Okay. I just went and worked for somebody else. Okay, my man. I like yeah. that. You like my brother. Yeah. My brother didn't give no fucks. <laughs> he was like, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm, yeah. not, fucking leaving. I'm not fucking going yeah. anywhere. So how did that go? Obviously, like you were here for that trans that entire transition, right? Yeah. So that was really awkward for me because when the transition went down, it got to a point where actually even like a month before that, everyone just stopped doing content. And so a lot of us at the Infinite Office, it was a really hard time for us, for myself, for Joe Lane, for Antoinette, a bunch of people that were there um, because all of our jobs, like we were still going into work and had to think about what was going to happen, but we couldn't do our jobs. So it was like we go into the office and everyone would just stress and like trying to figure out ways to do things. And like a lot of the deliverables, like we're put in a really awkward spot because the creators didn't want to do the videos because of what was going on. The management was like trying to force the staff to to get things done. And it was just like really awkward tug of war. And then when the sale went through over to IGC, um, that's when it, it like literally everything stopped. And it was like two months of us just kind of sitting around waiting to see what was going to happen. And that really stressed me out. Cause it's like, I, I need stuff to be working on. Um, it re- like my anxiety just goes crazy if I'm just sitting here doing nothing all day. And it was kind of just like waiting for you to figure out what you were going to do. Um, and you were like, I got you. I'm like, I know you got me, but come on. Like, like, what are we, what are we actually doing? Cause like at that time, I couldn't believe you were rushing me, man. This is a tough moment in my life. I get that, but you were also coming into the office and going like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why 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 don't I just go sit on the beach and do graffiti and just do what I currently love doing? I ask why my, am I doing this again? I ask and myself like, that all the time. And, and I'm, yeah, you know exactly. you know the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The answer is that I can't. I can't go out and 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 go do graffiti mm-hmm. on, or draw all day. Yeah. I can't. I love this shit, man. Yeah. It's my thing. You know what I mean? But I'm, you you come in and say that and then leave and then it's like me, Matt and Hitch sitting here like, well, we don't know where yeah, it's just gonna go. Well, I mean, well, he. I mean, it worked out. It yeah, all worked yeah, yeah. out. It yeah, all worked obviously, out. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 thing is this is like I've I've always been eighty five percent good at everything that I do. If mm. I put my mind to it, I can do like basketball, yeah. baseball, football. Like through through high school, like I was very I was never better than any of my friends that I that are my close friends. But I was good enough to compete at that level. I was just wasn't the 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 standout because mm. I didn't want to focus just on one thing and yeah. only concentrate. Wanted to do the whole this. What I do now, mm-hmm. I, I I think I'm closer to like the 95, 97 percentile mm-hmm. of this particular position that I play mm-hmm. now. And this is the only thing that I've ever been this good at. And I know 
because I know that I try harder on this thing, on, on creating what we're creating. Mm -hmm. I try harder on that than being a good artist or being a good, you know, obviously now athlete, right? But yeah. at the time, like I know that this is the only time that I've ever tried this hard at something to be good at it, where mm -hmm. before anything else that I've tried to just sort of came easy to me and I was above average on, yeah. on things. So that's why. Mm -hmm. So I knew that my path didn't include me going to the West Coast. I know that my yeah. path didn't include me sort of working mm -hmm. with uh, with someone else yeah. on something that I know how to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh you know to their credit obviously they're 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 an outstanding group of uh, of, of business people over there and they they do know their shit in esports so whatever, you know. It it worked out in the end. Yeah. Um so you went to 100 Thieves, you had a short stint there with my little brother? Yeah. So um once I made the the commitment to to leave here um and move back to LA, when I moved I actually didn't have I hadn't made my decision yet. Like I knew that I wasn't going to stay here, but I had three opportunities out there um, that I was still kind of like weighing because when I was actually the whole process of me moving was a mission because we were working on the uh, last champs episodes, which were episodes around Seth, Damon and uh, Ian around like they were basically like mini docs leading up to COD champs. And, uh, I had all of them edited, and then I started driving. And I got halfway, I got all the way to El Paso, Texas, mm. and I'm getting emails. Shout out El Paso. Yeah, and I got emails from, uh, from Josh at Zero Co or OMD saying like, "Hey, we need these changes." This I love going Josh. Out today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we need these changes done. So I had to unpack my computer in a Starbucks, not my laptop, my like desktop computer into a Starbucks, and with a monitor and everything, and I had to sit there and blur logos and then render out the video and then send it back just so we could post it that day. Mm. It was actually like a mission to get done. And at this point, I'm like nine hours into my drive back to California. I did that, packed my car back up and then kept driving and then got to California. And then we shot the the last champs or crossroads two um at champs. At champs. And yeah. that was my last project here. But yeah, then I went to Hundred Thieves. That was uh an amazing experience. It's exact, honestly, exactly what I wanted out of it. You know, obviously, um, it would have been nice if things worked out in the end, but I knew when I left that there was a good chance that I was going to want to come back here. Um, but I needed something different for a while. The the two years that I spent at Optic and Infinite were some of the most challenging times, and which was great. But it was also there was a lot of toxicity there, and I knew with the creators and the, the the current vibe that was here I, I just needed to get away for a while it was it was a break that was definitely worth it and i got to finally have a group of people that i worked with because at that point i, I kind of explained this on the duo podcast but you know when i was at elevate it was just me when i was at tk it was just me when i was with my friends doing our helping her with our production team it was still basically just me um when i came to infinite optic I was off on my own like that entire time. Like, yeah, we had people to help, but I never had someone that was way smarter than me in the production world to kind of bounce off of and learn from. And I knew that if I went to 100 Thieves, there was going to be a team of 10, 15 people that were just as hungry as me in what I do. So I was like, I need to go there yeah. and just be in that for a while. And it was amazing like yeah. working with those guys. They dropped me in into a, a WeWork office. Logan was sitting to my left. 
Gabe was to my right. The executive producer was behind me. Jeremy Dempy was behind me to the left, and he's like one of the most talented DPs I've ever met. I had Sesso, one of the best graphic designers in the space, sitting to my right. And then I had Andrew and Mark, who made zero to 100, also in this mm -hmm. box. So I instantly got dropped into a, a room just filled with talent. Yeah. And it was, it was, was fun. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, I was talented in my own way, but yeah, yeah. you know, it was, it, I just got to sit there and just soak as much information as possible for the the year I was there, which was awesome. And I got to work on a lot of cool projects too. So what do we need here? What do you mean? What do we need here? What what's missing? What is missing? I think the biggest thing that we're missing right now is just another set of hands or two sets of hands. Like as much as like I do grill you about like, oh, we should go get this equipment. We need this, this, this. Hands is number one what we need is I think priorities as far as just not even just like production, just what we need is expand talent and expand our production team. You know, like as much as I am a pixel pusher of, oh, I want this to look like this, the colors here, this, the exposure here is like as anal as I am about that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't matter at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Like I like it. I do think that it applies and will make the videos better, but it's, it's not directly going to get us more views right um so i mean there's way I mean, more we, see, important we, things. we do see that everywhere right like there's there's yeah. so many talented uh content creators out there mm -hmm. that are putting out these incredible pieces whether mm -hmm. it's in esports whether it's in gaming entertainment whether yeah. it's on vlogs or whatever mm -hmm. that just don't get the views just because they're they're, they're not necessarily there yeah. doesn't mean that that time's wasted doesn't mean that that yeah. that, that that piece of content doesn't matter mm -hmm. uh but some some of it is you know yeah. not not necessarily gets the recognition yeah. that that uh, that it does, and it comes with the territory, right? It, yeah. Like that you have to have the popular teams mm -hmm. because that's just the way that things are, and there are those teams that are just you know uh, making it, starting to make it, or yeah. starting to grow. Um, but I've always looked at production value as a multiplayer player. You need content. Mm -hmm. Anything anything times zero is still zero. So if you have great production value but you have no content, it's not gonna do anything. But if you have a great story and great content, and then you add all the production value behind it, it, it will, I think it'll push it even further. But again, content is number one yeah. across the board. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you have to have the personalities there too, right? Because it's yeah. not just as easy as like, I, yeah. can, I can put as many cameras in front of people, but unless the, the understanding of what people are there to do is there, then that isn't, isn't really gonna go like anywhere, yeah. Um, do you think that there is uh, obviously esports as the the basis of it is competition and, and, and doing that? Obviously, they get, they're giving awards to videographer of the year, which yeah. is subjective as fuck. Obviously, yeah. it's a piece of art. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, no one's better. Um, how competitive is it in the in in esports for camera people and editors and that? Like, are you in competition I, with your peers? I'd say after working at a couple different places, I know how. People talk about other people's content. Yeah. So as as much as I would like to say no, yes, hundred percent. It's 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 kind of cutthroat at times. Like there's a lot of one thing I actually really hate about the videography scene currently is there's a lot of behind the back talking. It's you know if someone wins an award, mm -hmm. you know whether it be Hitch or Logan winning the award, I might I might not agree with who won. But I'm not going to attack that person. I'm not going to shit on that person because of it. And that's a respect that I've always had with Hitch yeah. and why me and him have always gotten along. And I have the same respect for Logan. I mean, like, no smoke to, to Logan because he is one of the most talented, most nicest, genuine people yeah. I've ever met. 
and he's wicked talented at editing. Yeah. If there was an award for editing, give it to him. Yeah. Him and Ryan at 100 Thieves are, are, are actually insane at how good they are. But when it comes to videography of the year, there are so many talented people in the space. And for Do you think they should be split then between editing and videographer? I mean, an ideal world, yes, but the I mean, at the end of the day, the esports awards wants to create categories that are based around like things that are actually going to get views and people are going to pay Correct. attention to. And them doing editor of the year isn't really a sexy category. I would like to see a completely separate company maybe yeah. create like the you know Academy Awards where they do lighting um, and all DP that. and yeah, yeah, yeah. like or cinematographer and director and editor i would love to see something like that happen because i think that makes way more sense but um i mean it, it you know it is what it is we're not there yet esports isn't there yet and, yeah and it's a and it's yeah. a view driven uh business yeah right? exactly and, and and it always will be that for mm -hmm. the foreseeable future which yeah. is why i always pull uh, and I know people get tired of hearing this. I mean, some people get tired of hearing this, but until we see an actual change, I'm not going to stop talking about it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like people, teams need to be creating content, and sometimes they just don't. And I understand, like, I, I, I don't ever get into people's business, especially in people's business business, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, not yeah, just, yeah. like, what, what's happening between these two dudes was a drama. That's not in my business. Yeah. But when there's an actual business that makes money and people are supposed to turn a profit on that, I definitely don't get involved yeah. in something like that. And if I do, it's literally to give advice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Literally to just, you know, drop gems here and there and say, this is why you should be doing this in this specific way. Instead of, like, saying, well, they're, they suck. Yeah. Right? Like, I've, I'm very competitive. I will talk, like, shit. But I won't talk shit in a in a manner that would degrade or make something happen. Yeah. I have internally in here all day long, and I can't help it. It's just my brain going off yeah. on its own, saying this, uh, being unhappy with the way things are. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like or 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 not. Jude Jude mentioned this this past week. She's like, the the problem with you is that your imagination won't ever allow you to be happy with what's in front of you because mm -hmm. you're gonna find something wrong with something that's there. Yeah. Whether a spoon's bent or whether the 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 steak that I was making one single strip got too charred on one. Like I am yeah. not gonna be happy with it, and it's not my fault, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I can't get blamed for my brain fucking thinking. When people make jokes and I take the jokes to the end. Of, of where it's supposed to go to where it's like way too far yeah. that's not my fucking <laughs> fault it's yeah. my brain just going there i can't stop it man mm -hmm. i just can't so I'm, I'm i'm very bad at funerals yeah you know what i mean I, I just that's not my thing yeah my brother even worse man because he actually says the things yeah. that come to his mind where me i'm a little bit more reserved in doing that um what are you what are you looking forward to uh this this uh now that we're starting on this on this journey uh we got optic back obviously mm -hmm. you 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 were you were invited into to join optic at the library in downtown fourth worth the fifth yeah in which Fort by the way why did you have to do it when i was blasted because i <laughs> Hey, I was, was blasted out of my mind, and then uh, I think it was was it you? Or, I think it was Hitch came over and grabbed me. Yeah, he's like, "Yo, I need you for a second. I was yeah. talking to Amanda the Jedi at the yeah. time. Shout and out Amanda yeah, the Jedi, man. She's killing it right now. She's doing so good. I'm so happy for her. Same. She was sitting right here at one point when we wanted to hire her, um, and then she, I'm like, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, you know. And at the time, we didn't have that much to record here for Huntsman, mm -hmm. so we're like, we can't, you know, we 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 can't. Yeah. She can't just be sitting here. Obviously, we have a business to run, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, although we're fortunate enough to run a business in this space because it's a blessing to do that, mm -hmm. it's unfortunate because of the amount of fun that we have that sometimes we have to sort of you know do that. Yeah. But she, we, we let her go mm -hmm. 
and then all of a sudden she <laughs> fell into her passion. Yeah. Right. It worked out. And wow. Yeah. Like she's she's a really good speaker, mm-hmm. and it it fit well to well, like yeah. her. And she's really knowledgeable about the film space. Yeah. And she has really good opinions that other people don't think about. And the way she cuts it up is like super ingestible. And she's like she's hitting all of like the hot trends. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Are coming she's out. so she's good. Do, she's doing she's, it so well. In, in the right in the right space and mm-hmm. like she's falling into that character like I, mm-hmm. obviously she's she's not a different person on camera than she is in real life mm-hmm. but there is that level of dial that you that, that you move yeah. to where you emphasize on your personality a little bit more mm-hmm. like me talking shit about myself and how my hair and all this shit like that's just me dialing it up a little yeah. bit more just to make it a little bit more entertaining mm-hmm. you know what I mean like her falling into her character on camera is like amazing so mm-hmm. shout out to her shout out to Amanda the Jedi all right. So anyway, you're you're blasted out of your mind. I'm drunk out of my mind. Yeah. Everyone's drunk. Out of, <laughs> one of Scump's friend from home, like literally just pissed on the bar or something. Like it, was, it got it got out of control. It was we out were, of control. Yeah, it was fun. But uh, Hitch came over, grabbed me, and then like I get put in the circle, and you just go, "Welcome, yeah, welcome to Optic." And yeah. I'm like looking around at these guys. I'm like, "Why the fuck is everyone staring at me?" Because yeah. I thought you were like, I didn't know you were talking to me at first. Yeah. And you're like, "Welcome to Optic." And I got a little emotional. I got a little teary because I was fucking blasted. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not sticking around for this mushy part. But yeah, you came over, hugged me, and then I fucking was hugging everybody else. And I remember going back to Amanda, and I was like, I want to say no. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Looking back on it, I can't remember exactly why. Oh, my whole thing was, like, it didn't make sense for Optic to bring me in because it's like I wasn't going to be, like, a personality or a creator or anything like that. I didn't add value to the brand by being in it, but culturally I understand why I was getting brought in. And I would, for some reason I was just fighting that. It was probably because I was pretty blessed at the time. And I remember coming over to you and being like, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on the mood. And you're like, don't shit on the mood. I was like, okay. Fuck out, of my, kinda... fuck out of my space, man. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Yeah. And saying. then I walked away and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm an optic now. And then we, we had a good time and drank a lot more so we it was did a good night. we did we did yeah. we did it right um what are, what are we doing for the rest of the what are we doing in the future what's what's up what's i mean right now it's trying to get on top of our, our normal programming that we have i think we're getting to a good pace now we have enough ideas um but eventually start building out the storylines and the documentary and what that's gonna look like so i mean um we'll see what that turns into there's a bunch of ideas being thrown around and i know i know exactly how i want it to look it's just now we need to go execute that. And the where, where we're currently sitting, it's really difficult to execute on it. So, I mean, we'll see as time goes. I'll tell you what. The the last couple of weeks where we've been shooting content has been the most fun I've had shooting content because I'm not the one coming up with the topics, mm-hmm. which is something that I've done for a very long time. And for me to show up and be on camera, mm-hmm. that's like the fun part for yeah. me. Because before, I, I got to tell you, shooting smooth competition, as incredible as that series was, like it took a toll, man. Like yeah. I, I, every every Thursday, I would have to call Funhouse, whatever, and say, "Hey, what sort of inflatable things do you have in the back?" Mm-hmm. Like, well, we got a bull riding thing. Oh, yeah, that works. It's like yep. we have uh, the Eliminator. Oh, what's that? It's like it's a thing. The Spencer, but you know, having to coordinate that by myself, and mm-hmm. then having to be there when the when the dudes are coming in to put the shit up, mm-hmm. uh, had to be there. When they drove a spike through the sprinkler system, I had to fucking be there. When um, and then gathering everybody, ga- gathering the CS:GO guys mm-hmm. to come for an hour, and then gathering like everybody, Crim, Seth, everybody it's was a mission. Like, Jesus Christ, wrangling people is the toughest thing here mm-hmm. uh, because at first they're like, "Oh man, I don't wanna," but once 
they're in the middle of the competition like everything goes away and they're yeah. just enjoying themselves which is what i like about content mm-hmm. like when we tell them the schedule they're like oh well i got this to do i got that to do and, and there's like some reluctance that's mm-hmm. just everyone yeah. like me uh yesterday when i had to do the podcast with my brother mm-hmm. i'm like fuck man i gotta i gotta take care of this like other shit that i gotta do and I, but the second that i sat down I loved that moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. same thing when we create content. Like it's like going to the gym every single day. Mm-hmm. Not that I do. Not that I have in the last two years. You just got to start. Getting there is yeah. the toughest part. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the gym, once you're on that couch, once you're in front of the camera, that is it, man. Like mm-hmm. that, nothing matters because you're having so much with a group of dudes that you that you like to hang out with. There's nothing better. Yeah. And that's why I often say, like, unfortunately, we have to run a business. Mm-hmm. And it's, like I said just recently, it's it's unfortunate because there's that element where we have to turn a profit. But the blessing that we have to have the opportunity to turn a profit on doing something that we love to do is something that I will never, have never, will never take lightly. Because mm-hmm. I know what it looks like on the other side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know what it looks like for the dude or the girl that's watching us right now who are sitting at work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The one that loves yeah. podcasts but hasn't started their own podcast, the one that That was is- me at GameStop. I would be at work and I would have my phone up on the register literally watching like COD events mm-hmm. as they're happening over the weekend yeah. and I would have the volume turned all the way down and I'd be sitting there checking people out. Yeah. I wish yeah. I was at that event. Yeah, the like the people that are looking at dogs all day long, mm-hmm. the people that are on Instagram looking at fashion, like mm-hmm. all they have to do is just when they go home, make a t-shirt. Thing. Make a design. Just start. Just little by little, just get out of that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and by doing so, you're also helping all those other people have things to watch and do. Mm-hmm. I've always said, and I'll say it again in this podcast, the reason that I always wanted to do a podcast which was because of the Lost podcast, the Lost show, the show mm-hmm. uh, The show, the Lost mm-hmm. podcast that I would listen to while I was fucking turning mortgages uh, over there. Every really? Thursday, yeah. I would listen to it. And it would give me such freedom from the monotony that was me having to type and do data entry and all that mm-hmm. shit that I said, I didn't think about it at the time. I was like a lot of people that are watching this podcast. I didn't think about it at the time that I wanted to do a podcast because of the freedom that it did. Mm-hmm. But the second that I stepped into the space and I thought of entertainment, I'm like, I'm going to have a podcast mm-hmm. because for at least one hour a week, I'm going to give somebody an escape. I'm going to give somebody the ability to entertain themselves as they're taking their hour drive to work, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, man. Yeah. That's, that's a... That's an honor that I'll never, ever, ever be too careless with. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's an honor to to take 10 minutes from somebody's morning mm-hmm. to watch my vlog. Same thing here. Mm-hmm. It's an hour. So, anyway, we got some shit coming up. It's going to be yeah. dope. We're in competition, Roger. You know what we're in competition with? Ourselves. Ourselves. Mm-hmm. All the shit that I did in the past mm-hmm. doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm really excited with what we got going on. Um, like, I have a vivid vision of what we need to do. It just comes down to executing it now. Yeah. So, and we'll get there. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's executing. Mm-hmm. And I will execute everyone. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you to Roger for stopping by. Uh, thank you to ExpressVPN and also BetterHelp. Uh, check out both of them in the description down below. And we'll see you guys on the next one for episode number 80. Big 80. Ooh, baby. We're almost there, man. 100th episode. What are you going to do for that? I don't know. But I have to do something special. Yeah, yeah. I'll interview myself for the 100th episode. Yeah, that's That's got to be like Ninja or PewDiePie or... 
Ninja some, Ninja would be cool. Like I'd have to go oh I have to talk to Jess first, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.